your standard can only be as high as the practice that you've had in the thing. But I think a lot of us are thinking more about the outcome than we are the piece of effort that got us there. And that's why I always tell people, I don't care about the result, I care about the effort, especially in the beginning. And so that's what this is about. How often do you celebrate yourself? How often are you looking at your strengths and not just your weaknesses? How often are you looking at your good choices, not just your bad ones or your mistakes? Welcome to Next Level University. I am your host, Kevin Palmieri. And I am your co-host, Alan Lazarus. At Next Level University, we believe in a heart-driven, but no BS approach to holistic self-improvement for dream chasers. We bring you seven episodes per week to help you level up your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. Self-improvement in your pocket every day from anywhere for free. Welcome to Next Level University. Next Level Nation, welcome back to another very special, as always, NLU Weekly Live Podcast Week number 135. How often do you celebrate yourself? We were talking to somebody recently, Alan, and I remember we said when you're either on the team or when you join Next Level Nation or when we're doing some sort of speech or virtual event or virtual training, there's usually something that we say. And I think it's different than a lot of people are used to hearing. If we're going to talk about the hard stuff, we should also talk about the stuff that we're doing really well. And we've said this about Next Level Nation. It's a great place where you can come and celebrate yourself because nobody's going to look at you and say, wow, you're being arrogant. Wow, I can't believe you're talking about yourself that way. It's a place where you can actually celebrate what's real. And if we're going to own the mistakes we make, if we're going to own our quote-unquote Jeffings, you should also own the victories. I was inspired by somebody I was talking to recently, and this person said, you know, I'm really trying to lean into celebrating my wins. I'm really trying to celebrate myself. I'm trying to focus on the positive things, not everything that's going wrong. And I said, well, honestly, I think that's something that our entire community could use because I think we all forget that in some way, shape, or form. So for week number 135, we're going to do it. Also, before we do anything else, if you've been listening to us lately, every time Alan or I say one last thing before we go, we say we're going to donate a dollar to the Next Level Hope Foundation. We're going to put a dollar in the jar. This is the new sound that will mean that. Hold on, that wasn't that was good. Hold on. There you go. So that's Strong that work. too. Thank you so much. Strong work. One yeah. more thing before we go. Oh, hold on. I wasn't re- I wasn't ready. Go do say it again. One more thing before we go. Nice. Dollar in the jar, son. Well, technically that's two, but either way. Either way. So uh I wanna lean lean on uh so Brandon is behind the scenes. He's gonna come in and do the QA portion, but I wanna celebrate Brandon a little bit. So we were on book club. He's the director of book club. And in book club, we also celebrate our wins. We talk about the hard truths. We talk about where we're messing up and where we want to improve, but we also celebrate people for the great things about them too. We talk about strengths and weaknesses all the time. And so Brandon, I forget how this came up. I know you're behind the scenes right now. Somehow it came up as an example that he, you know, grew up with some drinking And then he quit drinking. And I think he's coming up on almost a year. I think it's 200 plus days. And everyone in book club celebrated him. No one, you know, I think it's important. And I told you, Kev, I was going to say this. If we're going to feel bad about all the bad things about ourselves, if we're going to constantly feel bad about our our mistakes and bad choices, and and sometimes we should, we also need to own the, the things we are doing well. 
And I have another story as well. I remember it was Emilia's 27th birthday and I was taking her to Newport. And for like three months prior to this, I was doing something called reverse engineering regret. And so every single night before bed, uh, or every single day really, it wasn't always at night, I was doing something called reverse engineering regret. There's a book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying by a woman named Bronnie Ware. We've interviewed her twice. And she worked in hospice for eight years and found out that a lot of people that are terminally ill have these very similar regrets. And so one of them is, I wish I lived a life true to myself. One of them is, I wish I had the courage to express my true feelings. Really powerful. And I have a flashcard in my pocket with all those regrets. And so Kevin had a great idea. He said, why don't you reverse engineer regret every single day? Which was a great idea in theory. Here's what ended up happening. For three months, I remember driving to Newport with Emilia. And I remember telling her, I just like don't feel very good about me. I don't know why. I don't feel like me right now. I don't feel very good about me. We eventually masterminded about it, talked about it, deep talks, and we figured out why. All of my last three months, I had been journaling about all the things I wish I had done differently. (laughs) Now, while I think it's important to look at your regrets and say, you know what, if I could go back in time, I do realize now, in hindsight, that wasn't the best choice I could have made. And in the future, if I I come across that circumstance again, I'm going to make a different choice. That is valuable. And you do need to do that. And at NLU, we talk about that all the time. But if you're only ever looking at the things you regretted and you're only ever looking at that which you want to improve, you're not looking enough at what you are doing well, what is really good. On Sundays, Emilia and I do home optimization. We do laundry and we do dishes and we do meal prep and we do all the different things, projects, all that. Last night was one of the most productive, or yesterday rather, was one of the most productive Sundays we've ever had. I didn't end up doing, so we do Walmart Plus, we do grocery shopping and the groceries get delivered. It's awesome. And I forgot to do it. So now we don't have groceries and it's Monday. And so we're going to get takeout tonight actually instead. But I don't want to feel bad about my Sunday just because I forgot one thing when I did all these other really great things and and vice versa as well. So while we want to hold each other accountable and get as much done as we can, we also want each other to feel really good about ourselves and about each other. And we want to celebrate some of the things that did go really well. And so that's what this is about. How often do you celebrate yourself? How often are you looking at your strengths and not just your weaknesses? How often are you looking at your good choices, not just your bad ones or your mistakes? Speaking of meal prep, we, you love the Instapot. We have an Instapot. We love the Instapot. It's it's great. Taryn tried, she tried a new thing where she put like chicken, rice, and a bunch of other stuff in there. And she's like, I'm just going to try it. We'll see what happens. And I was like, all right, cool, whatever. It is what it is. If it comes out great, it comes out great. If not, it doesn't. And we got to the end of the night and we ended up opening it and it was very much, it didn't come out great. And hey, been there. Yeah, it's been evidently. Yeah. Well, you got to think chicken and rice are two different things. They cook at different temperatures, all that. But she said, I'm so I'm sorry. We're not going to have that to eat tonight. And I said, I don't care. Like, it's, it's good. Thank you so much for trying something new. And thank you so much for leading on cooking dinner tonight. Lead with praise. If you think about how you communicate with other people, think about how your conversations go. Think about how you're grateful when people try first And maybe then you give feedback. Thank you so much for blank. My feedback is blank. You got to do the same thing with yourself. I think so many of us, we're so used to jumping right to what's wrong because taking pride in ourselves or saying, yeah, I'm really good at something or I did a really good job. For most of our lives, it has 
resulted in negativity. I think that's probably the best way to put it. Maybe not directly, but maybe you got weird, people said weird things or you got weird looks. I've been really, really leaning into this when I go on other podcasts when I'll say, I I do think I'm a really strong speaker. I do think I'm a really strong podcaster because of all the reps. There's this small part of me that is still very much thinking to myself, this person's going to think I'm arrogant. What will all the listeners think? They're going to say, I can't believe he's talking himself up like that. I can't believe he's that arrogant where he's saying he's really good at something. But there's the other part of me that I want people to see that and I want it to give them permission to say, I'm really good at this thing too. I'm really consistent. I'm a really good friend. I'm a really good partner. I'm really smart. I'm really good with organization, whatever it may be. If you have the fear of being arrogant, you have to understand that around certain people, you taking ownership for your wins will always come off in a negative way. There are certain people who just think that's negative, but that doesn't mean you have to. And that doesn't mean there aren't places out there where that is considered positive. That's why I started by talking about Next Level Nation. It doesn't have to be our community. I don't care. There are communities out there where you owning your wins and allowing yourself to be empowered is a positive. And there aren't people that are going to tear you down because of that. And they shouldn't. They shouldn't. No community should. But unfortunately, when there's insecurity, when there's social dynamics, when there's certain relationships, obviously things can get muddy. Why, uh, obviously fear of judgment, but like why why do you think people are so uncomfortable owning the things they're great at? I don't necessarily know that they're conscious of the fact that they're good because here's the thing. And I don't, again, I don't mean anything negative about this. They might not actually be good at it yet. I think it's the growth and the progress that they're just not measuring. So if you think about, I don't, If you were to go give a speech right now, not you, the collective you, somebody out there who's terrified of speaking, and your first thought after you get off the stage is, oh my goodness, that was a ripe piece of crap. I cannot believe that's what happened. Instead of, wow, I'm so proud of myself for getting out of my comfort zone and finally giving a speech because I never thought I would. That's a very negative pattern to be in if you automatically jump to negative. But I think that's kind of, it's the lack of credit. You don't give yourself credit. You just realize that you didn't do well. Your standard can only be as high as the practice that you've had in the thing. But I think a lot of us are thinking more about the outcome than we are the piece of effort that got us there. And that's why I always tell people, I don't care about the result. I care about the effort, especially in the beginning. Eventually, eventually, when you get to the point where your self-belief is high enough, where you can say, yeah, I'm grateful I showed up today, but I really should have prepped more. I'm grateful I showed up today, but I really wish I would have understood the audience I was talking to better. When you get to that point, that can be constructive, but not if it's stopping you from doing it again. So I think there's that, you got to cross that chasm, and that's why it's so important for you. I thought you reverse engineering regret would be really good because I had never seen you feel really bad about yourself. So I didn't think that could happen to you. I just assumed, well, you like to be humbled. What better way than to crap on yourself every day? (laughs) And it was really productive for quite some time. Yeah. But you know turn. what it was that the Airbnb that we booked. Yeah, yeah, we ended up having to clean it. <laughs> I'm not exactly a good Airbnb. Mm-hmm. I got hoodwinked. Paid a good amount of money for that for that Airbnb. And I already was stacking so many regrets that on top of that, I also quote unquote ruined her birthday. I didn't ruin her birthday. We had a wonderful weekend, but it felt that way. 
My name is Nathan Schwarman. I'm from Lawrence, Kansas. I've been a client of Allen's for coming on two years now, and I really can't recommend this program enough. Allen's always there for me uh, with great advice uh, and holding me accountable uh, every step of the way and, and really leading by example. I've grown a lot in his program, but he's grown alongside with me. So I'd, I'd really recommend joining up on the program and, and joining the community. And it's interesting, too, because I do think that you can have inflated self-esteem based on overly looking at the wins, too. And I, I want us to be as clear as possible, but you're usually on one end or the other. I have met people who really do only look at the good. And it's like, you need to seriously, like, consider maybe some of your weaknesses, perhaps. And another thing that I'll say, too, and there's some people who avoid negative feedback because they don't want to get rid of the distortion of their own perception of self. And so if you want to keep believing you're a great speaker, do not go see Brendan Burchard because you're going to realize, oh my God, I'm terrible in comparison. So, so it's almost like you'll avoid the places and things and the person's places, things and ideas that, that get you to face that humble pie. And so there are people out there that really do need the humble pie. Uh, our listeners tend to be on the low end of drive to five. For new listeners, drive to five is very simple. Zero to 10, five is the center, centered, confident, but also humble. 10 is the puffer fish, the person who thinks they're great at everything by default, and they don't think they even need a mentor. Zero is someone with such low self-esteem and such low self-confidence that they don't even believe they could get a mentor even if they tried. And so five is someone who knows they need a mentor, but also isn't, isn't so fearful that they don't actually ask. But they also believe they deserve a mentor if they ask and put in the work and show up consistently. And so what we really want to do here is figure out where you're at. Do you think that you have a accurate perspective of self? And this wasn't necessarily part of this episode, but I want to bring it in. In uh, one of my clients recently, she does CBT, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy coaching. And she says in CBT, there's every time something happens, there's what does this mean about me? What does this mean about other people? And then what does this mean about the world? Those are the questions we're always contemplating subconsciously very rarely do we actually make those meanings conscious uh kev you and i try to constantly figure out like okay well what does that mean about us and what does that mean about other people what does that mean about this industry what does this mean about the world what does this mean about the listeners and that's what this podcast is about really is contemplating those things hyperconscious throwback but when it comes to accurately understanding what these things mean, that's another level, right? So, so for example, speaking. Is Kevin a great speaker? It really depends who you're comparing to. You know what I mean? Compared to some random person on the street who's never spoke before, you're world class. Compared to Brendan Burchard, you're not. So it, 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 how, do we, how do we help people not only identify whether or not they're focusing too much on their wins or their losses, but also it's all relative based on the statistical understanding that you have at that time. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what the answer to that is because again, you hear often comparison is the thief of joy. It's a great, it looks really good on a meme. It looks really good on the internet. That's not necessarily true because you do have to understand there is a ceiling and a floor and you have to figure out where you, where you fall. Okay, let me use this because I came up with this while you were talking. I don't know if it'll connect, but this this is what came to me. Analogies and examples I like because they help me paint a picture for myself and I'm a very visual learner. I think about it like this. 
if you have never played darts before, you don't, you're picking up a dart for the first time ever. If you throw, if you know how to throw the dart and it hits the board, that's a celebration. If you've been playing darts for 10 years and you can't, you struggle to throw the dart and hit the anywhere on the dartboard, you should probably be harder on yourself, depending on what the goal you're trying to get is. And again, this is very blanket statement. I understand that. But if you go in and the first time you've ever thrown a dart, you're beating yourself up because you didn't hit a bullseye, your expectations of yourself are off. Right. Based on the fact that it probably takes professionals, I don't know how long. I've known some fairly good dart players, believe it or not, in my life. But they went to college, they drank a lot, and they played a lot of darts. They, they had the reps. <laughs> they had the reps. And they were in dart leagues. They were in dart leagues. And so they part- had dart boards in their basement. Yeah. I did too. If yeah. I pick up a, like I'm decent at darts, but that's because I, Kev, I want to I bring this to you. I, we've never talked about this before. I'm, I'm Have interested. you ever played foosball with me? No. So again, I'm not a professional or anything like that. But if you ever played foosball randomly at a bar with me, I remember I went to a bar in Boston. Mm. And this place randomly had foosball tables. And I remember I ran that table all night. What I didn't tell anyone, I had a foosball table in my basement since I was a little kid. Yeah. Ping pong, I'm also, you know, I'm pretty good at that. It's not because I'm inherently good. It's because little did you know I was playing ping pong and foosball my whole childhood, right? Well, then your feedback is different. If you lost to somebody, you beat yourself up. Exactly. And again, you're different. That's, that's part of it too. Your, your level of self-belief is much higher. But I really think that's the problem is a lot of us are, we're going to the dartboard and we're beating ourselves up because we didn't hit a bullseye. When you're not going to hit a bullseye. Not Nobody hits to. bullseyes the first, yeah, you're not supposed to. Not if you do, then you should be doing that. That should be your, <laughs> may, or maybe. But yeah. I really think that's, that's the thing of it is there's this, <clears throat> there's this space between what we're doing and what we think we're capable of. And it's always off. It just depends on what direction it's off. I had a moment recently, not recently, I've turned into you where it's like, yeah, that was was 2015, recently. (laughs) A couple months ago, I did a summit online. Time slips away when you're in flow. Time slips away. I did a summit and it was virtual right here. Just the other day. Just the other day. (laughs) And it was the first speech I think I've ever given without Alan there. Right. And I went in and I said, I am a little bit nervous about this. I don't know how this is going to go. My last speech was pretty good, but it wasn't my best. I was more of a comedian than a speaker. I think it landed really well, but that was different for me. How is this going to go? I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know who's going to be there. I don't know the audience. Uh, This is going to be terrible. And I got to the end of it and I told, I don't know if I told you, but I told Taryn, I said, I, I literally feel bad for whoever went after me. I crushed it. I crushed it, <laughs> but it felt so weird to say that. But then I, awesome. then I go back of, okay, why did I say that? Well, I've done thousand episodes sitting in front of this camera, not in the studio, but this is my, this is where I feel the most confident. I feel like you could put me against some of the best in the world in this environment. I think I'd hold my own on stage. Definitely not. We're going to a speech <laughs> next week and I'm nervous. I'm, I'm definitely nervous, way more nervous than I will be for our interview with Evan Carmichael, for sure. For sure. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But that's, and I know we're talking about us a lot, that's the understanding that I think is important for us all to have is our expectations and the distance between our skill set and the expectations of the results based on our skill set are probably delusionally off. You just got to figure out which way it is and then you have to start practicing that daily. So 
maybe it's just positive affirmations. Maybe it's the system that Alan created, the most important win and the most important improvement. But start with a win. For a long time, we didn't even, what's the most important improvement? I don't know. We suck. All right, cool. What can we do better? <laughs> that. What was good though? What was good yeah. about that? Shout That's, out to Amy for that. Amy, was that Amy? Shout out to Amy. We were doing most important improvement when Alessandro was COO. And that was when you were outnumbered on the chief officer team. And it was yeah. just like improve, 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 Pain. improve, optimize, improve. And Amy kept her most important win in in her. So Strong to word. give context to our listeners, peak performance tracking, you've heard of it unless you're brand new. It's just a habit tracker. Very simple. Health, wealth, and love. Four habits under each. 12 habits. Awesome. And at the end, there's an experience review, which we used to call a performance review. Mm. And the performance review was just 1% improvement. Experience review is most important win, most important improvement. Because it's good to look at, it's meat and veggies. It's, it's what was good, and then, and then let's eat the veggies. What, where do we need to improve? Or vice versa, if you love veggies more than meat and you're a vegan. But the point is, is that you've got to look at your wins first. And, and Emilia, so I'll share this, and, and then I know we got to go. Cause it's oh, hold on, hold time. on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, uh, Say it again, quickly. Uh, one more thing and then and then we gotta go. Dollar in the Boom. jar. Nice. Wow, this is jar. really allowing me to be a part of myself. I didn't know I wanted to be. It's nice. awesome. So Kev, when when we do the team huddles, we pull up the NLU impact score. And it's essentially here's all the twenty six departments. Are we do we go up or we do do we go down? And then what's one most important win, most important improvement? We used to just do improvements. Yeah, And then Emilia, actually, when I was taking her through the dashboard, because she runs a business as well, was like, uh, don't you think you should consider the wins and, and keep those and, and to keep track of them so people can look back at how all the progress? And I was like, yeah, probably, <laughs> you know, and so that's it's, it's important. It really is important to look at where you're winning. Very, very important. And it's a balance. If you only look at where you're winning, you're going to be a big fish in a very small pond and you're not going to grow. If you only ever look at where you can improve, you're never going to be grateful for how far you've come and you're going to feel terrible about yourself. Trust me, I've been there. So the two takeaways I had uh, offer a compelling solution to this problem. Gratitude game, Emilia and I, gratitude game every single night. Three things we're grateful for about each other. If you don't have a partner, do it with self. What are you grateful for about yourself? And then most important win, most important improvement. Now that we're doing the next level nine in optimal, I do the most important win and most important improvement every single day, and then I transfer it over to our other spreadsheets. But it t- starts with the win for a reason. It starts with the win for a reason. So, and somebody said, uh, recognizing the small wins can be hard. Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's hard because most of us are focused on the losses. We've been focused that way for so long. It's hard to to break that habit. But to Alan's point, something very small. Right? One. What went really well today? What do I want? What will I intend on going better tomorrow? It's a great place to start. Honestly, just start with the wins. What went really well today? What went really well this week? What went really well this month? That's, it just, you just have to normalize the weird feelings that come when you celebrate yourself. That, and that's, that's a great, probably a great analogy for it. And use the communities that you have around you. Use the people you have around you. Next, Level Nation. We are coming up on a brand new year. It's going to be 2023 before you know it. I know a lot of us probably set New Year's resolutions at the beginning of 2022, and either we fell off track, something happened, circumstances, whatever it may be, do not make the same mistake in 2023. Group coaching round number nine starts January 3rd. It is a great opportunity for you not only to build momentum and build consistency, but 
you will meet other people who want similar things and you will be the most consistent, productive version of yourself. Please join us. We already have somebody signed up. They just, they reached out a couple weeks ago. Awesome. It's filling up. So please join us. We look forward to having you. A year ago, I sat the NLU team down and I said, listen, 2022 is going to be wild. And here's why. We're going to do an episode a day. We're going to do a live podcast every week. We're going to do a monthly meetup every month. We're going to do Next Level Live every quarter. That didn't happen. We're Mm -hmm. doing it once a year. And we're going to do Next Level Hope Foundation events. And we're also going to have a Next Level Business Retreat. This 2022 is going to be wild. It has been wild. We are coming up on our 12th in a row monthly meetup. So on December 1st, 2022, it starts at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have our one-year anniversary of the one and only free virtual monthly meetup. Your reaction to your failures create your success. So I realized recently that certain people have a certain trauma response to fear, failure, and uncertainty. When you fail, do you dig your heels in and innovate and find a way to be better? Or do you avoid or run away or freeze up? And whatever your trauma response is to failure is going to very much dictate whether or not you grow through challenges or you keep getting set back, set back, set back. So we're going to do an event about that. Again, December 1st, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The registration link will be in the comments if you're watching live or in the show notes if you are not. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. We love connecting with the Next Level family. We mean it when we say family. If you ever need anything, please reach out to us directly. Everything you need to get a hold of us is in the show notes. Thank you again, and we will talk to you tomorrow.